Hello everyone, this is Orhan Erdem, professor of finance at Rockford University. Welcome to my podcast, Financially Yours, where I will share my perspectives on everyday economic and financial issues. In this episode, I will talk about a sad instance that happened in Turkey and Syria. Maybe by now you have all heard about it. I'm talking about the earthquake that hit Turkey and Syria. As a person from Turkey, I will try to convey what happened there from a humane and economic perspective. First of all, what happened? Two major earthquakes of sizes 7.8 and 7.5 magnitude struck southern Turkey and northwestern Syria on Monday, February 6th. It was one of the, if not the most powerful and deadliest earthquakes recorded in the region in the last century. Hundreds of 8 to 10 story buildings collapsed and thousands of smaller ones were destructed. Roads were cracked and some airports were destroyed. 10 of Turkey's 81 provinces were affected by it. The quake zone covers almost 40,000 square miles, approximately close to the area that covers the land from New York to Washington DC. It's estimated that around 14 million people are affected by it. Approximately 95,000 people were evacuated from the region and some voluntarily left. Now, what is the death toll? As of Monday, February 13, more than 31,000 people in Turkey and more than 3,000 people in Syria were dead and tens of thousands are wounded or injured. We keep seeing videos of people from the region that are desperately crying for help. People who stayed in the region, which has no electricity or running water, have to sleep in cars or in the streets between the wreckage of buildings. Many governmental as well as non-governmental institutions rushed there to rescue people from the rubble. Turkey has been receiving assistance from all over the world. According to Wall Street Journal, 141,000 people from 94 countries joined the rescue efforts in Turkey. They have been performing an incredible job. Even though miracle-like cases are observed, like the woman who was rescued alive from underneath rubble over 170 hours after the earthquake, the chance of finding survivors of the quakes almost disappeared. Freezing temperatures made the rescue efforts even more difficult. Getting help to Syria has been even much more complicated because of the political mess and the resulting few crossing points there. Some regions in Syria are controlled by the Assad regime and some regions are controlled by the opposition and they still do not want to help each other and collaborate. What's the current situation? According to official numbers, more than 1 million people were left homeless by the quakes. Imagine hundreds of thousands of survivors who lost all their belongings and close ones. Some are wounded because of the falling concrete and broken glass. Almost everybody feels desperate. Some are expressing their feelings of no reason to live. One of the survivors who commented the New York Times said, quote, It's a loss of memory. It's not a city that's gone here. It's an entire history. It's a civilization. Unquote. These people need mental, medical, economic and social support. Luckily, doctors from all over the world offer free consultations in the region. But one day, these doctors have to leave. Soon, the residents will be on their own. This week, a three-month state of emergency went into effect for 10 of Turkey's 81 provinces. 
the Turkish president announced on Saturday that all of the universities would switch to remote education as the domes of the universities would be given to quake victims. This would be very tough for many university students who recently experienced a loss of learning because of the pandemic. Many experts say this would be very disturbing for the victim students who already need more social connection and support. The affected area is almost one-eighth of Turkey. Every Turkish citizen has either friends or relatives in that area. Thus, considering the already exacerbating economic conditions in Turkey, where inflation passed 80% last year, a very tough year is ahead for people. Responsibility and Accountability I'm not a geology expert, therefore I'm going to trust experts' opinion on this. Geologists say that Earth is divided into plates, and their edges are the major faults. Turkey stays in the middle of three major tectonic plates, and in the earthquake region, two major fault lines intersect. Rachel Abercrombie, a Boston University College of Arts and Sciences research professor of Earth and Environment and the president of the American Geophysical Union's Seismology Division, says in an interview that, quote, even if we had told all these people the day before or the week before and everyone got out safely, but all those buildings still collapsed, this would still be a humanitarian tragedy. The problem is not real the earthquake. The problem is often bad construction that isn't earthquake safe, the building codes, and the lack of enforcement of the building codes. Unquote. So, okay, the earthquake was very strong, but she says the buildings were not earthquake safe. In Hatay, one of the major cities affected by the quakes, even the headquarters of AFAD, which is the Disaster and Emergency Management Authority, was damaged. Who would have rescued people? Even though Turkey has building codes put into place after the 1999 quake, Erdogan's government granted many amnesties to contractors and builders who failed to meet the criteria. Now, local people have been expressing outrage at corrupt builders who cut corners for higher profits and the government's granting of amnesties to builders. Çetin Şimşek, a 58-year-old ironworker subcontractor, said to Wall Street Journal that he sometimes cut corners to make money to feed his family. He said, quote, I did it because they told me to, unquote. Moreover, a special tax was levied after the 1998 earthquake. According to Euronews, a European television news network, the Turkish government collected almost $38 billion since then. In 2011, former finance minister Mehmet Şimşek said in an interview that revenues had been spent on highways, railways and other infrastructure. Many residents of the region said that rescue crews and aid were initially slow to arrive on the first day. Turkish President Erdogan acknowledged that official response was slow. In a country where every single action has to be confirmed by one man, it's fair to criticize the government and they have to be accountable. Weird enough, Twitter, which was basically used by thousands of rescue seekers, was slowed down with the aim to restrict people who spread false information. However, this has always been the way the Turkish government has used to silence people who criticize the Turkish president. Okay, how can you help? As I said before, approximately 14 million people are affected by the earthquake. Some of them left the region but millions of people are desperately waiting for shelters, food and medical supplies.
We are somewhat lucky that tens of institutions are accepting donations to help people affected by the earthquake. International institutions like United Nations and Red Cross, companies like Starbucks, and many local institutions such as Ahbab, Akut Vakfı, and Turkish philanthropy funds have been aiding the region. I posted the links to these institutions from my Twitter and LinkedIn account. You can also find them below this podcast. No matter what happened before the quake and who failed to do their jobs, people are desperately waiting for help. And I am kindly asking you to show your support. Please share this podcast and the links below it with those who might help. As always, you can reach me at orhanerdem at gmail.com. It is O-R-H-A-N-E-R-D-E-M at gmail.com. Financially yours. Financially yours.